Welcome to the Living in the 66 podcast, a podcast ministry out of Calvary Baptist Church in Oshawa, Ontario, Canada. Each week we'll approach God's Word with the question, how do we live as people of God's Word? How do we best glorify God through our lives and obedience to His Word? Today's episode is a teaser of the first season launching next week as we begin to work through the book of Ephesians. Let's listen now. Welcome and thank you for joining in on Living in the 66, a journey to growing in God's Word. Over this season, we'll be diving deep into the book of Ephesians and exposing the truth of God's Word and how it applies to our lives. Each week, we'll release a new topic found from the scriptures with some application and some fun discussion with two of my brothers, uh, Matthew Jones and Daniel Scott. They will be joining me each week as we dive deeper into God's Word. Today's podcast will be a teaser, a sneak peek, a preview of what is to come as we live in the 66. Let's start with some introductions. My name is Pastor Nick, and I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary Baptist Church. I oversee the ministries of young adults and youth and campus ministry uh, at our local campus. Um, I have three children, uh, one in university, one in high school, and one in elementary. Uh, we love God, and we've been I've been in ministry for 16 years, and I love being a pastor. Matthew, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Matthew Jones, and I'm the ministry associate here at Calvary of Campus Outreach and Student Ministries. I've been on board here for going on five years. I am married to a beautiful woman that I love uh, named Rebecca. We have two little boys, three years old and and a one-year-old, and we're in a crazy season of life because there's... (laughs) Two two toddlers under the age of uh, under the age of five, so it's it's fun and it's exciting, and I have a lot of gray hairs. <laughs> You're so young, though. <laughs> All right, Dan, why don't you share a little bit about your life and who you are? Yeah, uh, so I'm Daniel. I'm on staff here at the church as a general ministries ministry associate. Uh, like Matt, I've been around for a few years. Uh, I've been an intern for the last few years, and now just into this new role. Um, and I have just finished up the requirements for my MDiv at Heritage Seminary in Cambridge. So, um, excited for this next little part of the journey as a general ministries associate, as I get to spend lots of time with the young adults and the kids ministry and worship arts. Uh, and then I'm married for just under two years and we've got a baby on the way in the spring. So, uh, we're looking forward to all that that entails. And based on what Matt just said, it sounds like it involves some gray hair. So I've got some gray hair in my future. <laughs> Uh, being a dad is so much fun. It is. It, it really it's, is. It's like one of the best blessings ever. Yeah. Well, what we're going to be talking about in the 66, living in God's Word. So I'm going to ask the first question, just kind of throw it out on the table, is what did, What do you love about God's Word? Well, I'll start us off uh, with this one. Uh, I, I love that uh, God's Word reveals God's glory. And I love uh, every time you open up his book, open up the 66, uh, we... We, we see the grandeur of the glory of God. And even though we won't see that fully until we're face-to-face with him, uh, and we look forward to that day, uh, his word is like a, a, a sneak preview of a way that as we learn things about him and as we see his will and his plan revealed through his word, uh, we, get to, we get to respond by being in awe at the glory of God through his word. So I love that about God's word. Yeah, I love that God's word is something that you continue to learn from every day. 
it it never ends no matter how many times you read through it no matter how many times you read the same passage it just seems like there's more and more and more depth that that god is able to reveal about himself about how the way this world um that he designed and created works about how mm-hmm. our relationships as humans with each other work our relationships with him work it's just this never-ending trevor trove of of gold mm-hmm. um that i just find super fascinating mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. how about you pastor nick well i love that god's word is active Living in the 66 is something I kind of coined in my journey with Laura, uh, with cancer. Um, in our journey, lots of people were giving us lots of great advice, mm. um, but I always wanted to know what God had to say about things. So mm. I was living in our cancer journey in these 66 books. Mm. I was building my roads and putting our, our villages and things in those passages and in those, just, just kind of reading through and just all over the place, Old Testament, New Testament, in our cancer journey. Uh, four years, I probably read through the whole Bible uh, three times mm. uh, and then did one time on audio, which is a whole other experience that mm. everybody should do. You mm. should listen to the Bible as well, listen mm. to God's Word. Mm. Um, but uh, I just love how active it is, mm. how sharp it is, and how it gives us such great guidance. But so many people approach the Bible and they're fearful. They don't mm. know how to read it, they don't mm. know how to take it in, they don't know how to apply it. So I think that's why we're gathering. Right. How do we read this? How do we apply it? How do we live this? How do we live the 66? Right. So I think that's the journey that we're going to go on over this next year. Yeah. Well, as we start living in the 66, I was thinking, like, where should we start in the Bible? Mm. And uh, I think we're going to pick the book of Ephesians. Mm. I think it's a great place to start. Uh, we're going to talk about who wrote it, who it was written to in a minute. Uh, Matt, you can help us with that. But I was thinking just starting in the book of Ephesians because the author, when he was writing this, a lot of the stuff that was going on in the book really was kind of like what we're facing today. Mm. Same kind of problems, yeah. same kind of people, mm-hmm. uh, same kind of brokenness. And the author gives us a, a place to start in how to live in Christ, mm-hmm. uh, how, to, how to take hold of the cross each and every day. So uh, I, through prayer, I just thought, hey, let's start with the book of Ephesians. So Matt, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about the book of Ephesians? Who was the author? Who was the audience? What was the location? What was going on in this book? Yeah, there's just there's just so much about this this book. Uh, particularly, the author is Paul, and okay. we we know that Paul is is an apostle because that's how he introduces himself right at the beginning of the book. And uh, I just find I find this apostle, I find Paul just super. A super fascinating person in the Bible. Like so many times, uh, there's characters in the Bible, and they have this incredible start with God, and then something happens, and they become proud or whatever it is, and they they don't end well. Mm. Well, Paul's journey is the complete opposite of that. Mm. He doesn't start well with God. He thinks he is. Mm-hmm. You know, he thinks he's the defender of the God of the universe and mm. and and the God of the the Jews, and God corrects him. Mm. And there's this fascinating journey that that happens for this guy um, from that from that moment on the road to Damascus, as we would as we would say. Uh, so I just find that just an incredible transformation story that really is all of our stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like any one of us that are that are, are are saved, we become children of God. That's our story. We don't we don't have a good start mm-hmm. with God, mm-hmm. but we end well, hopefully. 
right? As he, mm. he helps us to. Yeah. Mm. It's true. The scriptures talk about that we are an enemy of God right. outside of salvation. And like Paul's beginning was like he was persecuting Christians, right? Right. Like he was going and trying to put them in jail. Like, mm. uh, and then he has that encounter with Christ. Mm. Thank God for that encounter with Christ. Mm. Even in our, like, even our own personal walk, like, where would we be without Jesus? Amen. I remember always asking, when I was a youth pastor, I would ask that question, like, I want you to take a, a moment and just think about the day that, that the Lord saved you, that he, he gave you faith. Mm. Now, I'll let me take that away from you. Where mm. would your life be? Mm. Like, for me, I'd be a wreck. Mm. Praise the Lord for his salvation. Mm. Yeah. It's cool, because we, unlike Paul, I don't know about you two, but I wasn't walking down a physical road yeah. and got blinded with God talking to me out of the sky. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not my story. So although we can't relate to Paul in that way, we also we can. He was he was a sinner before he was saved. The same way we were sinners before we were saved. And that picture of what he experienced physically is it's kind of like a preview of what happened to us spiritually. So although although we didn't have the physical, um, the the physical interruption in our life necessarily, we've been brought from death to life, yeah. and we have had that. If we're saved, if we're a follower of Christ, we've had that interaction. So it's a great it's a great image for thinking about our salvation stories, yeah. even if we weren't stopped on a road right. by a voice talking to us out of the sky. So true. How many of like, like people have asked or I've talked about like I've never had that Paul experience, mm. and they feel like their salvation or their conversion was mm. genuine. I tell people to repent <laughs> when they say that. Like you don't have to have that experience, right? right? <laughs> Majority of people will not have that experience. Right. It's not out of the realm of what God can do because we see that in God's word. But many of us will be will be called out of our. Our, our slumber, our, not even slumber, we're dead. Yeah. As, as Daniel said, we are dead. Dead people do not sleep. Dead people do not think God makes us alive mm-hmm. by his word and his spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so many so many times I've heard that, like, well, I've never had that experience or I never heard God audibly speak to us. So uh, speak to me so I don't think, like, am I really saved? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. mm-hmm. What does the scripture say? Mm-hmm. Right. Those who call mm-hmm. on the Lord will mm-hmm. be saved. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So this this uh, dead to life, Paul, God grips him in in such a way that he ends up putting his life at risk from that moment that he encounters Christ to the end of his days. He's just so gripped by God, and and so faithful as a servant of of Christ and declaring that same gospel that he received that changed his life. That he puts his life at risk day after day to the point where he actually writes this letter to the uh, the church in Ephesus from prison. Mm. He was imprisoned in 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 yeah. Rome, and he's writing this letter to them. And it's just again just another fascinating thing about this particular guy that we're we're going to be looking at for the next little bit. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's hard to. Uh hard to imagine the things that Paul went through. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's listed in the Bible. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll probably get there sometime, talking about just the, the heartache and the persecution and the, just, like, just what you were saying. Like, he, he was so gripped by God. Like, he just wanted to do a good job uh, and, and live for God. 
that he had a rough life. Mm. His life tells a big story for us as Christians that even though we have Christ, we will journey, we will go through those storms. Right. And how we handle those things, how we handle those storms, they really matter. And I think Paul really helps the believers uh, really kind of grasp that, just like Jesus said, in this world we will have trouble, but mm-hmm. take heart, I have what? Overcome the world. Right. Like we have, a, we, have a, we have one who loves us, who, who declared that he will never leave us or forsake us. And Paul like, had a rough life. Mm-hmm. So we can find hope in God's word by studying the life of Paul. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. I'm I'm excited for this. So Paul, so Paul's the author, right? Paul's the author. All right. What else do we know about this intro to this book? So he's writing to as the the title of this particular book is the Ephesians. He's writing to this church in Ephesus and he calls them faithful saints. And I just love that because Anybody who is a a believer in Christ, any of you listening to this podcast right now, if you are saved and you're following Christ, you are a saint. Mm -hmm. Now, guys, that mean we're perfect. You know, what's the image that comes in your head of a a saint? You've seen the pictures, right? The halos around their heads and all of that. It's like, no, 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 that's not what he's saying. He's not saying that. Mm -hmm. He's just saying that you are a particular kind of people called out by God, saved by God, mm. by God's grace. You are now mm. totally for him. And as as you mentioned, Pastor Nick, it's like we're going to have the ups and downs. We're going to have the hills and valleys. But through it all, mm. we are saints. Mm. All of us. I love mm. that. We forget that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Make sure that we remind each other of that. <laughs> yes. That we've been adopted in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. Like We need to remind each other of that. Good point, Matt. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. We're new. We're new people. We're not old people. Paul is not the same post-Damascus as he was pre-Damascus. Mm-hmm. In the same way, right? We're not. We're not dead. We're alive. We're alive. Amen. We're called to a holy priesthood. We're saints. Doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means God is getting us there. That one day when we're with Him, we'll be glorified. We'll be fully sanctified. So true. I'm stoked to actually kind of get into that, like the the progressive sanctification of of the walk that we have with mm. Christ, right? Mm. Like, what does that actually look like? And I think that will benefit a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, I think like it really has helped me in my discipleship of just kind of learning learning God's truth and actually put it into our life and actually being able to kind of look back to the maybe we'll use the road to Damascus. Look mm. back to that road. How many times did Paul? in his journey, past that road again. Right. And remember, like, hey, that was the spot, but yeah. I'm not that same person. Like yeah. you said, Dan, yeah, mm. like, just amazing. Yeah. Mm. Good. It's a grace marker. It's a grace marker. Call. Yeah. That was that every time he's crossing that road or traveling that road, that's a grace marker for for the apostle. Helps yeah. keep, him, keep him humble and those same kind of grace markers in our lives. Yeah. Mm. Help us to remain humble, too. Focus on the Lord, mm. his totally, work. Totally true. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Okay, so we're diving in. We're diving in. We're yeah. getting there. All right, so we're in the 66. We're in the book of Ephesians. Paul's the author. Anything else you want to talk about? Talk yeah, about it's it? just I, I highly recommend if anybody wants more background on the church in Ephesus, read the book of Acts, chapter 19, chapter 20, just filled with so many different occurrences that, that happened. Uh, from the get-go, Paul, Paul lands in Ephesus, and he comes across this group of people and they're described as disciples, but they were kind of not real disciples because 
he approaches them and he asks them, hey, what were you baptized in? Whose name were you baptized in? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you were baptized? And they're like, no. He's like, what? What do you mean no? Mm. So they explain to him, oh, we were baptized with, with John's baptism. And he's oh, like, well, yeah, that's yeah. just the baptism of repentance. Receive the Holy Spirit. So I, I, I read into that, that he must have shared with them the gospel, the true gospel, so that they can believe and receive. And, uh, and then they do end up receiving the Holy Spirit. And again, you think, okay, this is great. It's the launch of the church there in, in Ephesus. But as you read on, you learn that uh, there are people who didn't like Paul's message. He goes hard for two years. He does. He two does. years, day and night, teaching there. And uh, there's riots that end up happening and people who make uh, idols and they turn against them. And it's just, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's yeah. just incredible, all the background that goes on and this this account mm. there mm. yeah it is pretty crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> burning of books they like... burned the, the magic books and everything yeah <laughs> yeah good point starting the book of acts Start there. get some context <laughs> it's a great book uh i just love his journey uh to the people of ephesus yeah mm. cool yeah. yeah right yeah cool so we know paul wrote it yep this to the ephesians let's talk now a bit about why was it written mm. you know we mm. all we send mail we send letters for different reasons. Why did why did Paul write the Ephesians? Well, it's unclear. Paul never said this is a letter to. We don't have that, so um, we kind of have to we have to look at we have to look at the book of Ephesians and draw purpose from it. So the first thing we know is although it was to Ephes to the Ephesians, it was also what is called a circular letter. So it went to the Ephesians, but it also went to some other people. It was a it was a letter that was kind of passed around, sent to different churches, uh, to give from what it seems like to give instruction because being a follower of Christ that was new. Christ came on the scene and uh, he he changed everything like we know. Uh, they had anticipated him for a long time as we see throughout the Old Testament, but um, Christ being on the scene was new and he changed us. So Paul seems to have been writing this letter to the Ephesians to instruct them on this new way, this mm. this new way of following Christ, to, to pass along the teaching that Christ had given while he was here and the implications of what does that mean now for our lives? What, is, what does it mean now to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christ follower? Because that was a new term at the time. Yeah. Uh, and we see that it was to, to address the new Gentile converts, so people who were unbelievers began to follow Christ. The mm. same way people who are unbelievers begin to follow Christ today. Uh, so it was, it was possibly written to instruct them, um, but it was also written to address lots of tensions that was happening because there was there was people who had uh, been followers of the one true God we see throughout the Old Testament, who were part of the Jewish community, and they had seen that Christ was the fulfillment of all these prophecies, and there was this Jewish community who had began to follow Christ, but then there was also this Gentile community of unbelievers who had no no background with the God of the Bible, who also had began to follow Christ. Mm. So we see we see Paul writing to them to address these tensions that were popping up because the the Jewish new Christians had their Jewish traditions and their um, their uh, belief system, and the Gentile Christians had their old ways, their mm. old lives that they were kind of bringing into this. So Paul writes to instruct 
what's the what's the unity in this? What's the unity of we've got we've got different backgrounds, different opinions, different things with these two communities, but we're now one one family following Christ. Mm. So what does it mean to follow Christ united in this way? So really, as we look at this book in the next few weeks, that's really, based on what we have, that seems to be the purpose in Paul's writing of this. And it's, it's extremely timely that we talk about this as unity is, it's, it's hard to be united, isn't it? There's lots of different preferences that, uh, that get in our way. So although we might not be coming from Jewish and Gentile backgrounds in our context, there's lots of things that could divide us. As Christ followers. So Paul's writing to the Ephesians here to talk about things that are causing them conflict, but he's also writing to us as we have a lot of conflict today too. Yeah, I look forward to really kind of diving into some of this because some of Paul's writings, when he's writing to the other churches, like let's take the church in Corinth. Like he's writing for specific things, hmm. but here he's not addressing any specific problems with people. He's like he's teaching them hmm. how to live a certain way, a certain kind of people. That's the kind of lingo we kind of throw around here at Calvary. Uh, we're a certain kind of disciple, a certain kind of people. And Paul really kind of picks up on on that and really gives us a good kind of map or a good, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll use map because we're living in the 66. Yeah. We'll, we'll, he gives us a good map to follow or, or some good directions to, on how to live with your brother mm. and, and, mm -hmm. and reconciliation, is, reconciliation and things like that. So, mm. yeah, some great topics that we'll look, look at. Yeah. Why it was written. So what are those topics, Pastor Nick? What are some themes in this book that uh, get pulled out? Yeah, it's going to be awesome that we're going to dive into this. We're going to be looking at salvation. What is salvation and how to understand salvation? Mm. We're going to be talking about Christ and his role in uh, how he played, the major part he plays and how he brings reconciliation. Mm -hmm. He brings uh, groups who are, are opposing each other. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's really important for us in today's today's society, today's world. Like mm. There's a lot of hate, eh? There's a lot of, like, hate your brother, hate your sister. I disagree with this. There's this moving, movement popping up. Uh, you disagree with me, so I actually hate you. Mm. Um, so Paul kind of helps us to understand that we have been brought together mm. because of Christ, that there's peace and there is unity, like you said, Dan. But also we start to see a little bit about the church, what that looks like. Mm. And Paul starts to talk about the, this word, a church. It's, it's, it's a body. It's a, it's a temple. It's a commonwealth. It's a mm. household. Mm. He goes through all these little things, and what does that look like? How do we live as the body of Christ? How do we live as the church? How do we get along when we don't agree with our brothers and sisters mm. with certain things? Mm -hmm. We're going to tackle those things uh, in this podcast series as we are living in the 66. Mm. Uh, so look for that. We're going to be releasing each top, uh, a few topics, uh, probably maybe, I don't know, five or six things we'll yeah. go through. But we'll also we'll look at ways on how it applies to our life. Like, I think that's super important for us, that mm. we should be looking at what does the text say and how do we apply it to our life? How do we live with this? Yeah. Mm. How do we live in the 66? Mm. One, of my, one of my greatest greatest joys is in my own life and then getting to share with other people is how, how practical theology is. Yes. And how practical Amen. studying God's yeah. word yes. is. Because we need, we need to come at it 100% first with a God-centered view. But God's given us this book. God's given us 66 to tell us how to live to give him glory. So we talk about these uh, like big theology where it's like justification and adoption and reconciliation and sanctification and all these things that could very easily be swept up in the universities and be swept up in 
academia, but they're extremely practical. Like right. they change the fundamental core of who we are and how we live. So right. I love that we're doing this and I'm looking forward to having these conversations and these discussions to talk about this. Right. So what I hear you saying is theology is accessible and attainable for all. Absolutely. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Agree. My 15-year-old son came here a few weeks ago, and we talk about theology a lot in our household. Like We use the big words. Mm. Right? We talk about practical practical thinking, practical implications of God's word. We, we use the words of justification, adoption, reconciliation, yeah. propitiation. Mm. So my 15-year-old son, is like he hears these words all the time. But now he's starting to understand them. Mm-hmm. Like he's starting to put them in like real life situations. Yeah. Like the other day we, we were arguing, friendly arguing over something. He was arguing his points and he just says, Dad, you're just justifying. You're just, you're just trying to justify your point away. But he's actually using the right understanding of justification, like the legal demand or the right. legal mm-hmm. settlement right. of something. Yeah. Like So he's, he's starting to pick up on this. Yeah. And I just sit back and smile, just like, he's getting it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, cool. uh, and I think a lot of people are scared of theology because the words are so big. Right. I got this story when I first, I remember going to Bible college and my first class uh, was on um, just theology, right? I remember uh, I got the textbook and I read the introduction and I read it again. And then I got a dictionary and looked up all the words. And then I went to my wife, Laura, and I said, Laura, I'm never going to be able to understand God's word. I am never, ever going to be under, going to be able to understand theology. Mm. Her response was, yes, you will. Just keep studying. Just keep going at it. Just keep learning it. And it'll click. You know what? She was right. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, look at you now. <laughs> I love Training theology. others. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, application of the application of theologies is, is so key. I was having a conversation, a uh, training session, actually, with some campus students yesterday and touching base with them on how these small groups that they, they lead um, are, are going and time after time, they're like, yeah, we have heavy hitters in our group. And I was like, well, what, is, what does that mean, heavy hitters? And like, well, we just have a bunch of guys that they really know their Bible. They have a high level of Bible knowledge, so it's hard to have conversation. And I said, well, you know what I have, I have found? is the more that I read the Bible, the more that I know about the Bible, the more I understand of how much I'm actually not putting into practice. Yeah. Just daily conviction. Yeah. So I said, that's what you need to press these guys on. It's one thing to know what the Word of God says. It's a whole different thing to do it. Yeah. So I said, push back on these guys on how are they doing. Yeah. Right? And it's not just study theology to get, as Paul says, I think it's to the Corinthians, so that you know knowledge puffs up. Puffs up. Yeah. Let's not allow knowledge to puff us up, right? But let's, yeah. let's hold each other to the fire and... Mm. How are we? How are we living this out? Living in the '66. Mm. Love it. Amen. So subscribe. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be releasing these probably every week. Yep. A new topic, a new a new situation, a new discussion, and how it applies to our life. So join us as we live in the '66 for in the next little bit. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to stay up to date with everything going on, connect with us on Instagram at CalvaryBCOshawaYA or on Facebook at Calvary Young Adults. Until next time, have a great week living in the 66.